live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It was a game that had everything. A game that lived up to all the hype and all the expectations and then some. And it was a game where LSU kept their dreams and hopes alive. Good afternoon and welcome. Happy Friday. Ah, June 23rd, the year 2023. My main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair in the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world. 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can uh, turn your television set on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. You got to go back a long ways. And I have had the privilege and the pleasure and the honor to witness some of the greatest moments in LSU sports history. No, I was not there. I was not around for the Halloween night hunt return run by Billy Cannon. But I did see the Warren Morris walk-off home run in person in 1996. I did see the earthquake game in person. Hudson to Fuller. I did see so many incredible moments, national championships. This, after the Warren Morris home run, is it might be the greatest college baseball game I've ever seen. It had incredible pitching. The matchup between Paul Skeens and Rhett Lauder lived up to the billing. Neither allowed a run. Together, the two projected first-round picks combined to allow only five hits with 15 strikeouts. Lauder lasted seven innings. Skeens was incredible through eight. And when the two aces left the mound, their bullpens didn't slack up at all. They held the rope. They kept the game scoreless going until the bottom of the 11th. It had an incredible, the play of the year defensively by LSU when in the eighth inning, an attempted suicide squeeze bunt, Trey Morgan. Oh, aren't we glad that Trey Morgan was moved from left field to first base. He is sensational with that mitt at that bag. Morgan came charging in, fielding the ball, made a perfect flip to Alex Malazzo, to get the runner at the plate. It was a heroic season-saving play. And you know what they say. Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time moments. 
and certainly Trey Morgan did. And then you got to go all the way to the 11th inning. Remember earlier in the College World Series, um, a relief pitcher for Wake Forest by the name of Camden Minacci had this little sound bite that we saved. Listen up. Who can beat us? You know, it, it seems, you know, pretty much impossible. Who can beat us? Who can beat us? That after Wake Forest beat LSU to send the Tigers into the loser's bracket. And then, lightning in a bottle. Because looking for and thinking he was going to get a fastball, Tommy Tanks White, admittedly fooled by the first pitch slider. He was sitting on a fastball, and he said, but I was so amped up, I just threw my hands at it. And the rest is history. And he hung one. Did he get it? Did he get it? Yes, he did. Tommy Tanks walks it off. And the LSU Tigers will face the Gators in the finals. The finals of the College World Series, where LSU was supposed to be, where everyone thought they would be, at the beginning of the season, they had their trials, they had their tribulations, but man, oh man, oh man, have they delivered in the clutch. What Jay Johnson's squad has done this week is debunk the notion that LSU is a high-octane lineup with one true stud pitcher. Without LSU's pitching and defense, the offseason would have started earlier in the week. Instead, those areas picked up the Tigers while the bats were mostly quiet in three elimination games. Two runs allowed in 29 innings of season-on-the-line baseball is no joke. And remember, 21 of those innings were non-skeens pitchers doing the damage against a pair of top-five teams in Tennessee and Wake Forest, whether it was Nate Ackenhausen or Griffin Herring or Riley Cooper, how about Thatcher Hurd getting it done? Holy cow. Gavin Gidry, Blake Money, go on and on and on. Six non-skeens LSU pitchers haven't allowed an earned run. And again, the Demon Deacons were the number one overall seed and the number six offense in America. LSU's got crafty, elect, uh, effective lefties. They got flame-throwing righties, versatility and depth out of the bullpen is suddenly a strength for this team. And it helps when you're lights out defensively. With the exception of a rare Jordan Thompson error in the seventh inning against Tennessee that still didn't lead to a volunteer run, LSU's been automatic defensively. Just two errors in that four-game stretch prevented the Tigers from beating themselves. And, oh, the defensive play of the tournament belonged to LSU and to Trey Morgan. Put it all in a glove. And, and that play reminded me so much of the, the Derek Jeter flip to home plate. Remember that one? This was LSU's version of that. Um, Alex Malazzo 
was was terrific. An extremely difficult catch and tag in one motion. Bam. And he got it done. He got it done. Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time situations. And now you get the Florida Gators. Um, look, I don't know what's going to happen. Is LSU going to continue to be great out of the bullpen and defensively? Who knows? Is it a guarantee that LSU's bats are going to stay quiet? Who knows? LSU only averaged three and a half runs in the four games it played this past week. But it did get some timely bombs from Cade Beloso and, of course, Tommy Tank's blast for the ages. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know who's going to pitch. I don't know how it's going to all play out. But for one moment, you will always remember where you were the night Tommy White ended the season for Wake Forest. It was in a gesture that showed so much sportsmanship. LSU fans, not all of them, but LSU fans were in the lobby. Remember, LSU and Wake Forest shared the same hotel. LSU fans lined up outside the ropes and congratulated Wake Forest for one heck of a baseball game. It lived up to all the hype and then some. It was spectacular. One of the greatest games I've ever seen. One of the greatest moments you could ever be a part of. It was spectacular. Um, busy day, and we're going to delve into this game directly. Glenn West, our buddy from Go247 Sports, was there. Uh, he'll get his reaction to it. Um, Anthony Renato, World Series champion pitcher for LSU, will break down what Paul Skeens and Thatcher Hurd did in that ball. And you got to give Thatcher Hurd a lot of credit because he ha it always uh, it hasn't always been pretty. But Thatcher Hurd went three innings, gave up one hit, struck out one, and walked one. Threw 47 pitches, didn't allow a run. Skeens just solidified his position as the number one pitcher coming out of this draft. Maybe the number one player overall. Went eight innings, gave up two hits. One walk, nine strikeouts. And with that strikeout, became the all-time single-season strikeout leader in LSU baseball history. As he surpassed my buddy Ben McDonald's season single-season SEC strikeout record in the second inning when he tallied his, tallied his 203rd strikeout on the year. In typical Ben McDonald fashion, he tweeted, records are made to be broken. It gives dreamers something to strive for. Never easy to see your record broken, but it's a lot sweeter when it stays in the LSU baseball family. Congrats to Paul Skeens. You deserve it, kid. And in the, in the great line from Major League, um, when the team, they had no hot water, they had no whirlpools, they had nothing, they just said, you know what? I guess there's only one thing to do, and that's to win the whole damn thing. And LSU will look to do that, win it all this weekend when they go back on the field for the best of three College World Series championship series beginning Saturday at 6 p.m. And, of course, you can listen to all of it 
right here on the game. So Glenn West coming up, Anthony Renato. Um, our number two, Christian Clark, the Pels at number 14, get a shooting guard. The guy that I wanted them to get, they got. We'll see if I'm a see if my, my thought process works out this coming season. George Faust of KLFY for Fridays with Faust, George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will uh will survey the field, make some college world series picks, talk about the NBA draft and a variety of things. Here's a fact for you. Today is our last show from 2 to 4 p.m. As on Monday, we switch over to ESPN 1037 Lafayette and ESPN 1041 Lake Charles with a new lineup. And our show moves earlier in the day. Instead of 2 to 4, we are on from 1 to 3. I'm really excited about it. Really looking forward to it. So we got a busy, fun-filled Friday Plan for you and yours as we recap the most incredible college baseball game in a long, long time. Maybe, I don't know, you can't top the Warren Morris because that won the whole thing. But this was staying alive. This was this was right behind it as the greatest college baseball game I have ever seen in the College World Series. Glenn West will share his thoughts next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. So again, the Tigers will take on the Gators in the College World Series National Championship Series. Pre-game for Saturday's Game 1 begins at 5.30. First pitch is set for 6. All the action is brought to you here on the game by the following sponsors. Artco Equipment, Arsama Machine Supply, Bubba Alsole Toyota and Ford, Cypress Bayou Casino, Iggy Castile State Farm, Attorney Paul Brown, The Bank, Service Chevrolet Cadillac, Beal and Bear, and Tibbs Trailers. They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip, and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the Blonde Bomber. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. New Zip, Tigers win walk-off style in dramatic fashion. One of the best baseball games I've ever seen. It had unbelievable pitching, the defensive play of the tournament, and the walk-off home run. It lived up to everything in front of a packed house, and LSU survives, advances, they're in the College World Series Championship Series beginning Saturday, 6 p.m. It's an all-SEC final. The Gators from Florida and the Tigers from LSU. Glenn West has been there all week and beyond for Go247 Sports. He's kind enough to join us. Uh, you texted me last night saying it's the, it's the greatest sporting event you've seen live and in person. Um, man, it lived up to everything. How are you holding up today? Um, I'm holding up well. Um, you know, just... Making the, uh, the the hotel extensions, the car rental extensions. Uh, Got to do some laundry here in a few hours. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm hanging in there. But you know, look, it's been a great great run so far, and uh, excited to get to talk to it talk to you about it. From the perspective of the Skeens getting the ball and starting, was that ever in doubt at all? I don't think so. I mean, if you talk to Jay Johnson and the players, um, you know, Monday after they lost uh, that first game to Wake Forest, uh, 
Jay Johnson just wanted it to make sure that uh, his players knew that, you know, they could still do this and that they could win three in a row and kind of get into this series where they're at now. And so uh, what he did was he outlined the entire pitching plan for the whole week. Uh, and he put Paul Skeens' name there on Thursday. And so when we talked to players about it, uh, you know, the, the whole kind of consensus uh, talk from, from them was, all right, let's just get to Thursday. Let's get to Thursday because we know that's when Paul's going to be on the mound. Uh, he's going to be the one that can can drive us home. And so uh, that's exactly how it shaped out. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a method that works. So they're, they're going to keep rolling with it. In any other circumstance, Rhett Lauder gets the win. But Paul Skeens was just that good. I mean, yeah. I looked up there in the eighth inning, and it's not even it's not even two and a half hours old. It was just so quick. Yeah, he was that good. Um, and, you know, listen, um, you, you got to give a, a lot of credit also to Thatcher Hurd to go in there in the final. Oh, three no doubts. Um, you know, certainly the defensive play uh, from Trey Morgan pretty much saved their season. I mean, if he doesn't make that play, uh, LSU doesn't score until the 11th. So that pretty much means their season's over if they if, they, if Trey Morgan hadn't made that play right there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was just a really uh, – just impressive overall uh, game. I mean, just really well executed on both sides of the pitching mound. Uh, those are guys, all guys that pitched yesterday that, that have potential to be in the uh, in the MLB one day. And so, uh, and then to kind of have it capped off by that Tommy White home run, uh, really just one of the more phenomenal sporting events that I've ever had the pleasure of covering um, in, in, in the last five years. And it was just uh, just a ton of fun to, to get to be there for that. Two ironic things. One, a bunt ended up saving LSU season when LSU couldn't execute hitting a bunt all series long, but defensively they executed. And wasn't it amazing? We had talked about it all year long. Is Trey Morgan going to stay out in left field? Thank God they moved him back. He has been incredible at that bag all series long. Yeah, he's been uh, – honestly, he's probably been the MVP throughout the entire postseason yeah. for LSU. I mean, he – uh, has really just stepped up uh, and taken his game to another level. I wouldn't be surprised if MLB teams are watching his play in the last several weeks and saying, all right, we might have to bump this guy up a couple rounds, yeah. a couple notches. Just uh, yeah. he, he's been that good. I mean, he's batting, I think, over 330 here uh, in Omaha. Uh, he's making all these defensive plays. He's making the stretches. And, um, you know, he's he's just been phenomenal. And I think you kind of feed off of his energy a lot. A lot of the – the players have told us that they, you know, they kind of feed off of some of the stuff that Trey can do for them, and and, and you know he makes these game changing plays, uh, and it and I think certainly after that that play at home plate yesterday, that's kind of oh. when the tide started to shift in that game. The momentum started to I think go back towards LSU's way a little bit, um, and, and it was just a, a a really really great cap to what's been a, a really strong postseason for for Trey Morgan. And who knows, Hayden Travinsky basically kind of battling an injury. Malazzo comes in. That that's a that's a bang bang play. He's got to catch it, swipe it down, gets the runner. I mean, it, it it's amazing. Kind of like the women's basketball team. Everybody stepped up their game at the right time, and it looks like LSU. What we thought was going to be their weakness, but their bullpen and defensively, they, I mean, that's been the that's been the ticket because the offense hasn't been that dynamic offense that we've come to know. But defense and pitching have saved them. Yeah, it's been it's been really tremendous. I mean, uh, the, the the stat that really just gets me, and, and that I saw last night, you know, LSU has pitched in forty six innings 
uh, in, in Omaha, and they've allowed they haven't allowed a run in 42 of them. I mean, they are pitching uh, with supreme confidence. Pretty much every move that they've made uh, ha- has worked out. I mean, just in terms of going to the bullpen, knowing when to use guys in their right situations. Uh, and it was something that Jay Johnson had talked about going into the College World Series. They felt like they had found uh, a really strong kind of grouping of when to know when to use guys and and, and, and that's that sort of thing. So um, and it's it's worked out for them. I mean, Riley Cooper has been the rubber arm that they've really needed to get them out of a lot of the ends of these games. Stature Heard delivered in a big way last oh, night. Hayden uh, Griffin yeah. Herring, you can go down the line of the guys you used. I mean, they've all been sensational, and it's been honestly the biggest reason why LSU's still playing. I love those lefties. Here's the stat for you. Two runs allowed in 29 innings of season-on-the-line baseball. And remember, 21 of those innings were non-skeens pictures doing the damage. Think about that. Um, that that just answers your point, and it's going up against two top five teams in Tennessee and Wake Forest, and they they have been absolutely awesome. Which sets up the next big question: You got to play on Saturday against Florida, so who gets the ball this time? I, I think they probably go back to Ty Floyd. I think it's been enough of day okay. enough of rest for Ty uh, to where you can start the game off with him. I think, I think, I mean, I don't know, but I think you can get Riley Cooper back for this game as well. I mean, the guy's pitched in three of the five games so far. Um, you know, he's, he's, you know, hadn't, his pitch limit hasn't gone super, super high yet. So I think that, you know, maybe a couple days rest will be able to, to get him back on there. Uh, Gavin Gidry, I would imagine would be available for this game as well. Um, and then you kind of just try to piece it together for Sunday. I mean, I think you're still looking at, uh, Griffin Herring and Nate Ackenhausen, um, you know, Blake Money maybe for a little bit. Um, but they're 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 gonna have to piece together Sunday and then you know, Monday, uh, all bets are off if you get into a game three. I have no idea what to expect with a Monday game, but to start at least, I think that uh, you know, you're gonna see Floyd out there and see how long yeah. he can go. That makes perfect sense. Um, sometimes it's just meant to be. Um Tommy White was fooled by the first pitch. He was sitting on a fastball. He got a first pitch slider, and he just threw his hands at it and followed through, and uh, there she goes. Amazing. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it. I wrote this in a story for this morning that we had running on our site. I mean, if LSU finishes this thing off, um, that Tommy White swing, I think, will go up there with the Warren Morris swing in 1996. Yep. I think it's, it's going to be on that level, maybe not quite just because – One notch below. Yeah, um, may, yeah. One small yeah. notch below. Yeah, yeah, a small notch below. Sure, I, I think that's probably the kind of you know it's going to be one of those swings that you see on Alex Box's big board for years to yeah. come. Like in terms of yeah. the promotion of the the, the program, um, you you might see Trey Morgan's bunt play uh, okay. on that on that big board as well. I mean, it was just a such a uh, just kind of climactic moment I think for this program and for this team as a whole, and so. Uh, we'll see if they can finish it off, but you know they're certainly playing with a lot of confidence and a lot of momentum right now. They are. Can you describe the moment from the sound of things and of the twenty, nearly twenty-four thousand people there? How many would you guess were wearing purple and gold? And what was that moment? Can you kind of, in your best words, kind of describe that moment? Yeah, I, I think. Probably the the best way to describe it is that it's not really describable. I mean, it was just a really loud 
just just kind of elation, jubilation. I mean, J- Jay Johnson is about as like even keeled during a game as you can get for a coach. I mean, he is not one to show his emotions very often. Did I see him run out of the dugout? Oh man, he was he was running around just like everybody else. I mean, it was honestly just the most um just because of the way that game had gone to finish it off with a home run um when nobody was getting the 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 benefit of the doubt with the wind and everything like yeah. that. Um it was just a really surprising way for that game to end. I thought it was going to end on some kind of like error or mistake yeah. from one of the teams or yeah. a bloop single yeah. or something like that. Um, to to have that be kind of the way that this really instant classic all timer ended, uh, I think just caught everybody by surprise. And uh, for LSU, that meant running around and then high fiving and hugging and jumping on one another. And for Wake Forest, unfortunately, that meant just you know soaking it all in and having to just go home. I mean, it was just yeah. a a really incredible moment and certainly one I'll never forget. I've been around a while. Very, very rarely do games live up to the billing. Um, this one did, and then some. It was an incredible pictures duel. As I said, incredible defensive play. Um, your your bullpens lived up to it and stepped up, and then you get the dramatic walk-off in the 11th inning. Just absolutely amazing. Now they got to come back down to earth. And yep. uh, I'm not betting against this LSU team. I'm just not. They have uh, they, they're where they're supposed to be, or where everyone thought they would be before the season started. Um, maybe there were some doubts throughout the course of the season, but they're here where they're supposed to be. Now let's see if they can close the deal. But uh, just a remarkable night, and uh, I can't thank you enough, man. That was uh, it had to be fun. Let's see if oh, we yeah. can get some more fun out of this deal. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm. Uh... Uh, just about to head over to to another practice, some more interviews. They got uh, some. Uh, they're going to visit the zoo here this afternoon in Omaha. Yeah, so it's, okay. it sounds like they're they're going to take this off day a little bit uh, and enjoy themselves and kind of get their minds right for the rest of the weekend. So uh, it should be should be a lot of fun though. Yeah, that's a fun zoo. So go enjoy, Glenn West. Go two four seven sports. Thank you on this Friday, buddy. I greatly appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Jordy. Take care. Safe travels back. We'll take a quick time out here. When we come back, World Series champ picture Anthony Renato will try and put into words the matchup, Skeens, Louder, Thatcher Heard, this LSU bullpen. We'll get a picture's perspective of the LSU pictures next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. There'll be a benefit performance held this Sunday for Grammy Award-winning Louisiana bass player Lee Allen Zeno of the famed Zydeco band, Buckwheat Zydeco. The show will be held from 1 to 7 at the Showbox on 2431 West Congress Street in Lafayette. Cost is only 10 bucks at the door. The funds raised will help pay for the cost of repairs to Zeno's house to help it make, make it livable again. So come out this Sunday for a concert for Lee and watch some great music for a great cause. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back as we continue trying to put into words um, the ball game from last night where LSU beat Wake Forest 2-zip in 11 innings. 
to advance to the College World Series Championship Series that begins on Saturday. I wanted to get um, Picture's perspective of what he has seen from LSU pitching of late, um, and, and no one better than World Series champion Anthony Renato, friend of our show, and just a terrific, terrific, knowledgeable guest. And Anthony joins us yet again. Hey, big fella. Um, man, what a night, huh? What a night. What a night. We were texting about it earlier in the night saying hopefully we'd be able to recap it on the phone. And, uh, man, we got our money's worth last night. That was probably one of the best baseball games I've ever watched and, and been a part of. It was awesome. Um, apparently, Jay Johnson, after the first loss to Wake Forest, put on a chalkboard, laid out the thing, exactly how this was going to play out. Get to Thursday, Paul Skeens would be the starter. We kind of wondered about it. Uh, one day less rest. He picks hundred through 123 pitches. Uh, to to keep the Tigers alive, but man, he got the ball and he was, my God! If that doesn't solidify him as either the first pick or the second pick in this draft, nothing else will. I mean, every time he takes the bump now, it's nothing less than extraordinary, and it just seems like like clockwork that we're going to get you know nine, ten, eleven, twelve punch outs, and we're going to get seven or eight scoreless, or we're going to be in the ball game you know with, with within a run. So. Uh, I mean, it's just pure domination. The stuff is amazing. The kid is just locked in and his composure on the mound. I mean, who else would you want leading this team? And I think, like, just that energy, even if he doesn't get to pitch in the championship series, I think it's going to give him all the momentum that they needed. Uh, I mean, yeah. this team is fun. And, and the pitching staff is just coming around at the right time. So everything's coming together, and they got a couple more games to, to see if they can pull off the big one. We'll see. I mean, this thing went 11 innings under three hours. I'm looking at my watch going, dad, dumb. We're like in the eighth inning, and this thing is, I mean, there no hit. I mean, hardly any hits, hardly any walks. This That thing was moving right along. And to your point, um, I, I got nervous. I got I got to be honest with you. I didn't know what to expect <laughs> from Thatcher Hurd, to be quite honest with you. And the fact that he came in there in three innings of no-run baseball Wow. Here's another moment where unexpectedly somebody steps up. How do you describe Thatcher Hurd and what he had last night? Oh, man. I mean, he was everything that we needed. I, I, I was the same way. It wasn't even just specifically Thatcher. Um, I think it was just the, I, the, I thought that the longer that Wake Forest was in the game with us, they were going to recap some of the momentum and they're great in tight games at the end of games. Their bullpen was rested and they had a ton of arms, you know, and we were kind of depleted. And then Thatcher Hurd does his thing. I mean, he was throwing the crap out of the ball. I remember being on your show, you know, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, maybe, and saying that he was a wild card. And there was just some things yes, that we did. that we saw from him where he wasn't letting it loose. He was letting it eat last night. Like, I felt like, I was like, this is what I wanted to see. And it was just fun, man. He was out there competing, and you could just see his confidence has just, you know, just has come all around, and he's just a different pitcher than he was six, eight weeks ago. And you can see the guys hugging him after the game, saying how important he was and his, his performance. So uh, one of those things that it almost feels like you forget about it with Tommy's home run and Skeens dominating the game, but he was probably the most crucial part of it. I've said this all show long. Um, two runs allowed by LSU pitching in 29 innings of season-on-the-line baseball. And of those 29 innings, 21 of those were pitchers that weren't named Paul Skeens doing the damage. And they did it against top five teams in Tennessee and Wake Forest. Those non-Skeen pitchers for LSU 
have been dominant. We talked about it. I mean, we didn't know what to expect. We thought that was going to be their weakness, their Achilles heel. But the pitching staff coming out of the bullpen and their defense has been what saved this club and kept them to where they are now. It's kind of remarkable. I mean, when you saw the balls weren't flying out, I was very nervous just because, you know, our pitching staff was a little bit of the question mark. We haven't been pitching well, you know, in the postseason leading up to this and everything. But, I mean, like you, I, the stat that you just said was it 29 and two-thirds, two runs with in yeah. elimination yeah. games? That's ridiculous. And just the performances that we're getting is exactly what this team needed. If we were going to fast-forward it, you know, till Tuesday and say LSU is a national champion, what had to happen you needed outings like you'd got from Ack. You needed things like Thatcher Hurd last night. You needed heroic hits like Tommy White, right? So there's so many guys that are stepping up and adopting these roles, and just you can just see it. They just want to win. It doesn't matter how it happens, who's doing it, um, and where they're where it's happening. Like it's just it's just they're there, and everybody's embracing it. And that's what I always said all year. These guys are going to find the roles, and good teams do that. That's what happened for us in '09, and and it seems like they're they're kind of writing that script this year too. I don't know what's going to happen from here, but I would imagine on Saturday, uh, plenty of rep. Ty Floyd, I, I would imagine, is going to get the ball uh, to start the yeah. game and see see what he can do. I mean, he's got to have the ball, right? You're coming off probably one of his best starts. Uh, obviously, didn't finish the way that he wanted it to, but the way that he threw the ball, the way that he commanded his fastball, the, the strikeouts, obviously, sort of swing and miss stuff that he had, um, we got to roll with that momentum. I, I hope. I, I, I loved what I saw out of Ty. Um, I mean, and, and at this point, you know, I think everybody's just kind of embracing it. So whoever it is, but I, I really do hope it's Ty, and, and I hope that he kind of keeps that momentum going from that, that last outing because it was pretty impressive. Yeah, and um, Anthony Renato with us. We talked about this before. Isn't it great? You know, you, 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 you play around with things. You try to get your best lineup on the field, but when it comes down to the, the t- brass tacks of the matter, aren't we glad that Trey Morgan – the experiment, and he was terrific out there in left field. Well, aren't we thrilled that he's back? I mean, he is a vacuum at first base. I mean, his glove is sensational, and he had the defensive play of the year to keep LSU's season alive. Yep, I mean, without that guy at first base, that play doesn't get made. I, I don't, I don't. It doesn't matter who's over there. I don't think anybody else makes that play. You saw how close it was, even when they replayed it. You know, um, I mean, every millisecond, every decision, every little thing that he did on that play matters, and he has tremendous feel for the game. You can watch it just when he catches balls over at first base. His footwork, his awareness, his timing. Yeah. Um, he doesn't try to do too much with stretching. His obviously his hands are incredible, and and the picks are second to none but um i mean he, he's he's the best thing i've ever seen at first base so and, and obviously with the timing of that play last night uh you can't ask for more from a guy that was Derek jeter-ish right um with the flip yep. the home plate and, yep. and like I think remind you of that give... oakland a's game where he was in the middle of the field and you're like how was he there yeah. how did he make that play like that i mean yep. it, it just it, it's and it's so ironic that the bunt which had been the Achilles of LSU. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't knock a bunt down if their life depended on it. And then defensively against a bunt, they saved their season. It's kind of remarkable. Yeah. And we got to give Malazzo some credit too. That's not an easy catch and and swipe down real, real quick. Who knows if Hayden Dravinsky's not battling injury? Maybe he's back there, and maybe there's a different result. Who knows? Oh, man, that, that's what we love about the game. And like we said, if we fast forward to Tuesday when this is all done, Monday, Tuesday, whatever it is, Wednesday next week, um, and we say LSU had to win or LSU won, 
these are the plays and those types of things, little things that are like random like that happen and then wind up being huge plays in the game that, you know, dictate a season or hopefully a championship, you know? So I can remember countless times during our own nine run where little things like that happen. And you're like, wait, why did he switch him in that moment? Or why was he standing there? And, and it yeah. just happens. And hopefully, like I said, we put a couple more games together and these key things keep happening. Florida's a good team. There's, there's a lot of good momentum on their side too, but um, these, it seems like, like I said, the things are happening and falling in line that, that need to happen. And, it's writing a script that we're going to look back on and be like, yep, this is exactly what had to happen for a championship to be won. And who knows, maybe the bats come alive and maybe, maybe this LSU team reverts back to that form and they get the eight, nine run game that they haven't come close to getting yet. Um, and then they can give the ball to my favorite guys. And, and this is no knock on baseball players because y'all are great athletes, but, Man, my my lefties, Ackenhausen and Cooper, they 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 don't look like it, but man, can they can they play some ball? Oh man, I mean, like I, that's what I knew you were going to say that, but you're absolutely right. Our lefties are killing it. Even Griffin Herring, too. That dude came yep. out and and threw the heck out of the baseball. It was fun to just see these guys compete, embrace these different roles. Like I said, never thought and Jay Johnson said he was hoping to get three out of him on a good day, and he goes seven and a third or whatever it was, right? Um, and Riley Cooper coming back on back-to-back days and being able to do what he does. Um, had so many people call me and be like, no way Cooper can go again, right, or whatever. And I'm like, no, watch this. He's going to be out there. And that, I mean, again, this is this is the time of year. And, and so embrace yeah. it. LSU hasn't had a lot of good lefties in the past couple of years so or this no. many good lefties. So it's kind of fun to, to see that out there and, and have that weapon too. I used to get on your coach all the time. Paul, we got to get some left-handers. What are you doing? <laughs> got to get lefties. And uh, was, we're trying, we're trying. But, man, got to get them. Um no way, no way schemes pitches again, does he? I mean, if it gets to Monday and it's one game winner take off, I mean, he can't possibly bounce back that quickly, can he? Jordy, I was thinking about it this morning. For some reason, I thought the championship series was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So in my head, I was like, all right, he's done. This is the last time we're going to see schemes. And then, you know, I wake up this oh. morning, I was like, oh, wait, they're not playing today. He'll be on three yeah. days rest, Jordy. I'm not saying he's going to pitch, but I can't imagine a world where if there's an if necessary game on Monday that he's not banging on Jay Johnson's door in his hotel room to beg for the ball. So now granted I was a sophomore, so it wasn't my draft year, but that's exactly what I did. I I, I pitched game three, if necessary on three days rest after having a hundred, you know, and 15 innings. So um, now I was never the pitcher that Paul Skeens is as far as talent hype going to pitch in the big leagues, hopefully for 10 or 15 years. But um, you know, so that's a little different in his draft year. So I can't say and how they're going to manage him. But three days rest and your ace going for the national championship? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> um, I want to see. You've been it, in so this I, role. I don't want to see LSU lose a game, but I would love to see Skeens on Monday for a championship. Yeah, well, let's let's not leave it to doubt. Let's just win the first two exactly. and get on home. Um, you know, exactly. there's there's the opportunity here for some. Man, you had to battle back. You played game after game. You played Tuesday. You played Wednesday. You played Thursday. All elimination games. And you get through it, and you win in the most dramatic fashion. Now you go, you exhale. How do you get it back? How do you keep the momentum going? What do you do now with a day off? And now you got to get right back on it. New start um, on Saturday. Yeah. If I'm Jay Johnson, again, I'm, this is me, my preferences. I let the boys sleep in a little bit. We go get a nice breakfast. We have an optional workout if you guys want to get moving a little bit. 
But I say we rest up because they've been playing a lot of games and, and late. You know, they played 11 yeah. innings last night. So I think we're taking care of the bodies today. We're doing what feels right. Um, and we're just trying to have a good, like, you know, day together, having good energy, that kind of stuff. And then we go back out there and we just try to pick up exactly where we left off, embody a lot of the same feelings that we were feeling at the end of the game, remember what all that stuff felt like, and just take it one day at a time. You know, this is just another series, hopefully, that you just got to win two before the other team wins too. So I'm excited, and, uh, and I think they're going to take care of business. And, and, and we were talking about the bats earlier. I really do think that they're going to come alive in the series. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun offensively. Um, and I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a series to remember for real. This kind of sums it up. Jake Johnson was doing his interview portion ahead of the championship series first. Normally, it's the players, then the coach. The LSU players hadn't arrived yet. The question is asked, why haven't they arrived? And they said because Dylan Cruz wanted to get a lift in. So they're, they're, they're doing their I love thing, it. man. They're doing their thing. Yep, and that's what if you saw his social media stuff, he said, "I just want to keep doing our deal," and I don't know what that means. It probably has some inside meaning for their clubhouse and stuff, but it seems like they just have a, a simple game plan and things are working and clicking. And it's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's keep rolling. So, Skeen, I mean, Skeens and uh, and Cruz are leaders on that team, and if Cruz wanted to lift, then that's exactly what he wanted to do. Let's roll with it. I'm on it. I love that Let's kid. Roll with it. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait till Saturday at uh, 6. It'll be Ty Floyd going up. The Gators are well-rested, but that big old momentum is certainly riding with the Tigers. And I got, I'm got i with you. I got a funny feeling facing a familiar opponent uh, that these bats might wake up a little bit. Um, and, I like, and how about the fact that White was, was sitting on a fastball um, and uh, they threw him a slider on uh, Menachi through the slider. And this is the guy that said, there's no, there's no way anybody can beat us. And yep. um, he, he just waiting for the fastball, got a slider, was still quick enough, got his hands out there and took it out the yard. Kind of remarkable. And when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Exactly. And that seems like uh, those types of things that happened. The kid was speechless after the game. You could see it. Um, but again, it was like those baseball gods. They're always watching when kids, the people say that kind of stuff and you get humbled real quick when you say little things like that. Right. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Tommy's been a bit of a blast to watch. I mean, how about him getting his hundred RBIs on that too? Like that's pretty cool. Wow. The kid hits a hundred wow. RBIs in the season on a walk-off yep. homer to send him to the championship series. Sign me up for that story. Mm. And Skeens passes Big Ben McDonald for the yeah. SEC single season strikeout mark. Quite a quite a night in Omaha, um, LSU North, as you called it. And um, yep. so we'll see what happens. Um, they're where they they everyone thought they would be at this point before the season started. Now they're there. Now in in the major league um, movie, you know when the catcher said. Well, there's only one thing left to do. Let's just go out and win the whole damn thing. So let's go win the whole damn thing. Man, I'm excited. I, I, I have severe FOMO. I'm up in New Jersey visiting some family for a baptism, <laughs> um, which is awesome. But I got FOMO. I know the yeah. people in Baton Rouge are going to be enjoying it, and everybody else that's out in Omaha had so many text messages today. So the boys yeah. are going to have the time of their lives out there, and hopefully there's a memory for a lifetime. And uh, we get that seventh national championship. I can't thank you enough, my friend. You have been tremendous for us, and we greatly, greatly appreciate your your input, your knowledge, your experience. Thank you. Enjoy the yes, series. Sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for always having me on. Always a pleasure. You got it. Anthony Renato, World Series champion pitcher for the Tigers. Whew, we'll take a break. We'll wrap up our number one next.
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon, located in Lafayette, in Baton Rouge, and in Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, so many opportunities to win, but you can't win until you start playing. And please play responsibly. By D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon, with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted. And by Cajun Chef, do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef Hot Sauce. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Well, we could talk LSU baseball uh, from here to kingdom come, and, and we will, but we've got to talk about uh, the NBA draft. The Pels get a shooting guard uh, and a whole bunch of other things coming your way. So stick around. Our number two of the Jordy Holberg Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, home of the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros will continue after this top of the hour sports update. One hour down, one to go. How about them, Tigers? We'll be back. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go. Of course, the big talk around the sporting world, in particular in this part of the world, is LSU's two-zip walk-off win against Wake Forest last night, great pitching from Paul Skeens, great pitching from Thatcher Hurd out of the bullpen, and the clutch, great, great defensive play. Got Trey Morgan on a suicide squeeze, got the runner at home plate. And then the two-run home run by Tommy Tanks White in the bottom of the 11th to send LSU to the championship series. Um, that's the big story of the day, but there's – so much more to get to, and we will in just a second. James Mesh, my producer inside the Evco Development Studios on the campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're on KLCJ, 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming everywhere, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Starting Monday, our show moves from 1 to 3 p.m. Our station becomes ESPN 1037 Lafayette and ESPN 1041 Lake Charles. So we're looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing what Jordan Hawkins brings to the New Orleans Pelicans table. 
With that in mind, we're joined by Christian Clark, who covers the Pels for NOLA.com. Christian, good afternoon, sir. Thank you for your time today. How are you? Oh, of course, man. I'm I'm doing great. I, I love the draft. It's always a, a very fun night. I think one of the, the more fun nights I have every year. I'm with you. Um, the past three seasons, the Pels, uh, not so good in three-pointers made. At, the, at or near the bottom of the league, uh, each of those past three seasons, as you're trying to provide outside shooting for Zion and Brandon Ingram, I, I really like Jordan Hawkins for the reasons being, one, he um, – played on the biggest stage and won a national championship. And according to those in the know that study these drafts, arguably the best three-point shooter in the draft. So they they got a winner, a winner's mentality, and they fill a need. Tell me your feelings of Jordan Hawkins. Yeah, I think it was a solid pick. I mean, I think just, just describing him as a shooter is, is almost a disservice to what he's able to do. I mean – Trey Murphy was a, a very good shooter coming out of Virginia, mm-hmm. but he was mostly a catch-and-shoot guy. I mean, Jordan Hawkins is a lot shorter than Trey Murphy, and he's not nearly as athletic, but, I mean, Jordan Hawkins is automatic catch-and-shoot, but, you know, he can, like, full sprint, catch the ball, rise and fire, defender draped all over him. I mean, he's uh-huh. just at a different level as a shooter than even a guy like Trey Murphy was coming out of college. Um, so, I mean, he's He's an incredible movement shooter who, and, and I just think that if Zion actually plays, like Zion plus shooting is a, a pretty darn good formula for, for offensive success. Um, so I, I thought it was a very solid pick. Um, I think that if Grady Dick was still on the board at 14, the Pelicans probably would have taken him. Then Grady Dick ended up going off the board at 13. And so the Pelicans, you know, went with the, the other guy who was, you know, in, in the running for best shooter in the draft. How much interest, um, Christian Clark, uh, NOLA.com, how much How much fire was to the smoke of the Pell's interest in trading up to try and get Scoot Henderson? How, how, much, how much did they stoke that fire and what eventually ended up, why it didn't happen? Yeah, I, I believe that was pretty real. Um, I mean, I you know, was told directly by a couple of people in the organization – like is even in late May, like we think this guy has a chance to be special, like all-star special, maybe even more than that. Um, you know, Scoop has already been a pro for two years. He's handled that really well. Um, you know, I, I think there, there was a lot to that idea. Um, you know, from what I was told, Portland was very content to just make the pick. Portland made a decision that we're just going to take the best player at number three. Um, I think they're maybe fortunate that Scoot Henderson fell to them at number three. And from what I was told, they didn't even really engage the Pelicans or, or give them a chance to to move up, from my understanding. Um, so it's, you know, it's a bummer. I mean, I think it would have been a, if the Pelicans could have done that deal uh, without giving up Zion Longshot or Brandon Ingram, I think that would, would have been a, a no-brainer for them. I honestly, I would have entertained deals if it was up to me involving Ingram. Um, but it didn't happen. Okay. Um, fair enough. Um, the Pels identified outside shooting and rim protection as their two biggest needs coming off of last season. They feel like they've filled the void a little bit with the outside shooting. What do they do now about rim protection? What's next on the agenda? 
Yeah, so it, it sounds like you know they're mostly going to to have a pretty similar roster next year as, as they did the previous season. General Manager Trajan Langdon said, pretty happy with our roster. Um, Griff said, hey, look, we wanted to accomplish two things, as you mentioned, the, the shooting and the rim protection. They did that with Hawkins, got the shooting a little bit. I, I think there's a pretty good chance that Jonas Valanciunas is on the move this summer in a trade. He has one year left in his deal at $15.4 million. So it just it wouldn't surprise me to see him you know, being moved in a trade for uh, more of a big who is a, a shot blocker, deterrent type inside. The Pelicans were dead last in the NBA in opponents' field goal percentage at the rim, according to cleaning the glass. So, you know, when teams got there all the way to the rim, uh, they, they scored at a, at a pretty high rate. So yeah, that's one thing I, I think you could see the Pelicans try to do the, the rest of this offseason. Can you give me some names that are potential f- trade uh, trade opportunities that fill that need? I think one you know potential trade partner to watch is the Atlanta Hawks. They kind of have a, a lot of centers. Um, Onyeka Kongwu is a younger guy the Hawks took in the draft a couple years back. I think he's a guy the Pelicans have some interest in. Uh, Clint Capella, you know, been in the league for a while, but like big lob finisher, could block some shots. Uh, he's got two years left in his deal, I believe, about twenty twenty one million dollars, you know, each year. Um, so I think it, I think Atlanta is one team to keep an eye on. Okay, and Atlanta uh, apparently has been told by ownership get under the luxury tax, so they're looking to to uh to get rid of some things on another note you know willie green came in and he was kind of dealt a hand here's your assistant coaches now that's started to change a little bit we know we've got the former orlando head coach sitting down with them and now apparently former boston celtics assistant coach aaron miles has agreed in principle to take a similar job with the pelicans how significant is that, you think, for Willie Green to have his guys, the guys that he knows, the guys that he trusts, rather than just kind of being thrown to the wolves with, oh, here's who we got, you take it or leave it? Borrego seems like a, a really good addition to me. I mean, I, I like that one a lot. I thought he did a nice job with, with the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they improved by 10 wins each, thereabout, in his last three years with the team, and by the end of his time there, they had a winning record. Um, so I, I really like the Brago hire. I don't know a ton about Miles, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, but it, it seems like it's healthy that Willie Green is just getting some folks, you know, who he's comfortable with on his staff. I mean, really, the only person he brought in when he took this job was Jaron Collins, who is the associate head coach. Jaron was in charge of the defense the last year. That went well. The Pelicans finished sixth in points allowed for 100 possessions. Um, so yeah, to me, this is just more about Willie Green getting to remake the staff in the way that he wants to. I mean, it was a lot of just holdovers from, from Stan Van Gundy's year in charge. I mean, it just, it costs money to move on from assistance sometimes. So I think that's kind of why you saw them not really making very many changes at the start. Is Tyra Lewis ready to make a leap? Because I still think the Pels need a point guard. And he's ultra quick and he can do some things, but is he ready to do you have faith in him getting valuable, valuable minutes, being able to push the pace? Because that's what Willie Green wants to do. I don't know if you could do it with the present contra- the construction of this roster. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I mean, 
I can't ever, I can't envision a scenario where he's starting next to CJ McCollum or anything like that. And right. Jose Alvarado is pretty entrenched as that, that backup point guard right now. I mean, he's, he's been a valuable player for the Pelicans yeah. over the past two yeah. seasons. Um, I mean, that that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I, I am a believer in Kyra's talent. I don't know if it happens for him here in New Orleans, but I would not be surprised at all if, you know, his second or third team, he's a solid contributor for them. I still think he's got something. Yeah, I think that was the enamorment with uh, with Scoot, the fact that he was a point guard, could play both guard spots, but his ability to push the pace, get into the paint, finish at the rim, create for others, I think that's what was so endearing, and that's something that the Pels just don't have, um, in, my, in, my, in my opinion. I agree. I, I totally agree. I mean, if you... <laughs> If you had been able to get Scoot, it's like, what's your offense? Well, just give this guy the ball, run some pick and roll, and like, put him at the controls. It's pretty easy. It's just, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I, Trailblazers general manager Joe Cronin said Scoot has a chance to be a, a tra- transcendent player after the draft last night, and, and I agree with him. I mean, I think he really does have a chance to be special. Cronin also said he's like Scoot measured six two and a half without shoes he's like sometimes we get too caught up in size and you know just because the guy is shorter he's still the better player um so cronin basically said last night scoot is better than brandon miller yeah you think they uh think they keep dame lillard or you think they start shopping now i think it'll be up to dame i mean it's it's i think the ball is kind of in his court now i think the trailblazers I think they did the right thing for them. I mean, if I was them, I would have just taken Scoot. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Zion thing is an interesting question. Um, But it sounds like it's just up to Dame now. Um, I mean, look, I don't think anybody can blame him if he asks for a trade. Like, you've you've given everything you can to Portland. So (laughs) I certainly wouldn't hold it against him. Okay. Um, So, uh, Jordan Hawkins, solid pick safe pick he's older he's 21 years old he's a national champion winning college basketball player i like all those ingredients hopefully he'll knock down some shots we'll see um what is the next i know they've got their uh summer league they're going out to vegas when's free agent is free agency still running what's going on with that yes sir coming up here i believe uh july 1st is the first okay. day of free agency. Uh, okay. But yeah, I mean, we got, you know, like the the Pelicans don't have a ton of wiggle room. The luxury tax line is going to be $165 million. If you assume the Pelicans are going to decline Garrett Temple's $5.4 million option, I think that puts them at $157 million for 13 players. So like, they're not going to have a ton of room to, like, make any splashy moves. And, frankly, that's not the way this team you know, like does business anyway, but you know, I could see them being being active in the trade market. Okay, fair enough. Christian Clark, fun time. Um, I love the draft, and we'll see what happens from here. Thank you so much, man. Have a great weekend. Happy Fourth of July early to you, buddy, and thank you. Hey, thanks so much, man. Oh, you got it. Christian Clark, NOLA.com. Pels, Jordan Hawkins with the 14th pick in the 2023 NBA Draft. Fridays with Faust, next.
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Looking for great deals and look no further than AcadianaDeals.com. There are plenty of two-for-one deals available right now. You can get a $30 voucher to La Hacienda for only $15. How about a $15 voucher to Pizza Artista for only $7.50? You can also get a $40 voucher to Misfits Dine and Drink for only 20 bucks. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com to take advantage of these deals and so many more. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. George, happy Friday, my friend. How are you? <laughs> doing well, doing well. Just uh, actually took a couple days off to kind of recalibrate. And, uh, you know, yeah, doing good, man. Can't complain. Man, did you watch that baseball game last night? A little bit. What? Yeah, I, well, I, I, I caught I caught a lot of it. Yeah, I, it was it was an unbelievable performance, and uh, perhaps you know it's amazing how much Omaha it, like turns LSU into uh, just a, a it, it, they there's there's simpatico, you know, <laughs> when you, when they get to Omaha, it's 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 amazing because not only do you have now the greatest play with regards to Warren Morris's home run. Now you have the yeah. greatest game that an LSU actually wanted. So uh, that was a, that was an unbelievable game. I, just just phenomenal. Like the the best pitching performance I think I've ever seen wow. with regards to a to a college baseball game. And just yeah. and what you would hope for in, in a game like that, you know. I mean, seriously, very, very rarely, and you've been in this business a long, long time, as have I, rarely does a game live up to the expectations that are presented before you actually play. And, boy, this game lived up. It was supposed to be a pictures duel. You're not going to get a better pictures duel ever than what you saw last night. The bullpens both stepped up and did it, and then you had the dramatic um, walk-off home run where he was expecting a fastball, he caught a slider and still got it and took it out the yard, and and the rest is history. Just just remarkable, and it's um it makes what this what we do for a living that much more fun because that that kind of stuff never gets old, man. It never does. No, it's it just and and you know <laughs> to watch to watch him. I watched the the interview after with with the 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 girl who from from I guess ESPN whoever that was. He was. So, it looked like he was in shock, you know, and that stuff you can't like you can't bottle that up. If you could, you'd make a lot of money because he was just it was just pure enjoyment and pure satisfaction of doing a doing something that you love and and it coming. You work so hard at it, and you to see it come to pass. And, and he was just like, yeah, I, I, I'm excited. <laughs> That's all he can say. He's like, <laughs> it was great. It, that, that, it was just. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch. This is the like I'm a big I love baseball, so I, I love yeah. to watch. Even if LSU wasn't in it, I'd be watching it. 
you know, mm-hmm. pitch by pitch by pitch. But uh, to make it to make it even more meaningful, uh, you know, we got a team from right here in the great state of Louisiana playing for yeah. a title. Kind of makes you sit back and evaluate the job that uh, with the level of recognizing talent that LSU athletics director Scott Woodward has. I mean, think about yeah. think about his hires and what he has done, and how quickly Brian Kelly has delivered, what Kim Mulkey delivered, what Jay Johnson yep. is delivering, and I have every expectation that Matt, 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 Matt McMahon is going to do the same thing in time. Yeah, you know, it, it's. It, I was thinking about that too, Jordy. It's like, you know, we don't forget that this 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 team. I mean, this program, this university, just just won the women's national basketball championship, and now yep. they're playing yep. for a, a college world series championship. I, that doesn't happen everywhere. Like people need to realize, you know, that doesn't. That's not. That's not normal. I mean, it, it seems like it's our normal, right? Because LSU seems to be playing for titles on a regular basis, but that doesn't always happen. And, and I think yeah. uh, just to be being an area where where. Allen is so rich, and uh, you get to you get to watch uh, high level sports. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 you're right; it does make the job we do uh, that much more enjoyable. And um, and Jake Johnson, I mean, these coaches continue to amaze me. He is in the throes of a college world series, elimination games, and all this, getting ready to play in the championships here, and he's still out there recruiting every every interview. If you are a top transfer portal guy, look look at us. Look at Skeens. Look at Hurd. Look at White. They're all from from the portal, and look what they've done. I mean, it's amazing that he, he's going to get another great class. It's just it's guaranteed. <laughs> I know as much as that pains me because I, I'm not really a big fan of how kids can just jump ship. I know. Uh, but but that's the world we live in. I, I was just going to preface that this comment by saying it's the world we live in, and it's how everybody plays now. We're all on the same yep. playing field with regards to that. So you play by the rules, and these are the rules. You can, and he does the he does the best at it. So you can't you can't fault him. You know, I mean, he's doing doing the best at what the rules are set up to be. And you're right. You, people are people are looking around, going, "Man, look what he did with them." I go there. Yeah, he, he, it's absolutely correct. Uh, it, it, it's a, you know, getting to championships is an easy recruiting tool, right? I mean, hey, look what we've done, you know. And so, yeah. you're you're exactly right that he's doing a phenomenal job of putting putting on display what he can do as a coach for you as a as a top tier athlete. And they've got the NIL stuff in line. It, it just brings me to the the point of what is this. How do you feel if you're a, uh, a UL Raging Cajun fan and, and you see, and look, I'm not trying to pit one against the other because I, I will never do that. And if UL was in this World Series doing whatever, I'd be pulling for them. I hope they'd win the whole darn thing. But Absolutely. it's it's a whole different, it's a whole different level, right? I mean, I, how do I describe I, it? I'm not I, trying I, to. No, no, no. I, I understand what you mean. I, I... I think I think the the, the different like the the difference is LSU seems to get there on a more frequent basis. That that doesn't mean the Cajuns aren't as talented. It just means LSU has done it multiple times. We've seen it multiple times. 
I mean, the Cajuns have only been to the College World Series since in 2000. Had a great opportunity in 2015, uh, so uh, 2014-15. Uh, all the years. So, 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 I. No, I, I'm with you though. I, I, I'm the same way. I, I think I've said this to you before. If it makes our state look better, that's what I'm pulling for. I, 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 yeah. I people don't like. Sometimes some fans don't like me saying that, but I don't like LSU, La Tech, uh, Northwestern State, McNeese, whoever it is. If you're yeah. if you're playing at a high level, making our athletes, our schools, our state look the best. You know, I, that's that's what I'm worried about because this is where I live. This is where I grew up. I'm from yeah. Louisiana, so I want us yeah. to look the best we can on a regular basis. And, and so, so if that means LSU wins a national championship in baseball and the Cajuns didn't have their opportunity that they didn't get there this year, all right, uh, that's cool with me. But but if the Cajuns have an opportunity, I'm pulling for the Cajuns. If, Absolutely. You know, I, and, and, Absolutely. I mean, and I think, George, I, I think it I think I think it all stems again. Um, we've got to give credit where credit's due. There, there's some great athletes and there's some really, really outstanding high school coaches across the board that, that don't make a hell of a lot of money, but they do what they do because they love what they do. And um, so these kids are college ready. And this state, like you said, has an abundance of talent. And I don't see that changing Anytime soon, if ever. Right, and, and 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 success comes at you're right. I mean, it comes at different levels too, right? I mean, the Cajuns this year. I mean, they wanted to be in Omaha, absolutely, but they got to to the championship game of the Sun Belt tournament and lost yeah. to Southern Miss. You know, and Southern Miss hosted a super for the second straight year. So they. Moral victories, I get it. You know, as a coach, you don't really buy into that. But there's something to be said for sustaining success over a said period of time, and that is that is impressive in and of itself. So I I think uh, that's what people have to look at because you know softball is really good. McNeese softball is really good. You know, you got all these. Entity just because you don't win a championship doesn't mean it's not a successful year. If you're right. and now, do you want championships? Absolutely, but that doesn't mean you had a bad year if you didn't achieve that. You might have played out of your mind and and, and done right. something that you know you you could have never done before. Uh, and yeah. that's success. And look, a, look, sometimes it's the unexpected. Nobody expected LSU win the to win the SEC West in football and go play in Georgia in the Georgia Dome exactly. for that. Nobody expected LSU women's basketball to win a national championship this soon. Everybody expected right. LSU baseball to be where they are right here, right now. They they were number yep. one in the country going in, and they and you know whether they they had some ups and downs along the way, uh, but when the dust settled, there are they are where. Everyone expected them to be. Now, I'm going to see if correct. they can close the deal. That is correct. Yeah, you're right. And and what Florida and LSU didn't play this year, right? I mean that that's going to be interesting. Yeah, because Florida's a, a decent. Uh, you know they they've got some studs over there too. But uh, that Wake Forest oh, LSU yeah. game that was that was impressive, man. That was fun Ooh. to watch. You can't get. I mean, I'm looking at my clock going. They're in the eighth inning. This thing is like less than two hours old. I mean, the game was just flowing because the pitching was so stinking good across the board. 
it, it was amazing. It, it was fun to watch. It's it's one of those games that you wish you know you you know you hear this in the NFL. Man, it was such a great game, and you know you didn't want anybody to lose. Yeah. That's the kind of game that was. I mean. That would you you kind of wish that was the game that was game three of the championship series, you know, as opposed yeah. to game three to get to the championship series. Ooh. But uh, that that that's a classic. That was by far uh, the game of the tournament thus far. No question about it, Georgie Faust. I on even on a day off from work, kind enough to join us. You are a trooper, <laughs> my friend. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Uh, Enjoy your weekend, man, and uh, take care of yourself. And thank you as always. All right, Jordy. Sounds good. Look forward to the next time, my friend. You got it. George Faust, the king of KLFY Sports. We'll take a timeout. It's time for that uh, that episode where we pontificate. We make picks. We do all kinds of fun things with George, James, and myself next this is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The St. Landry Fire District number five is looking for volunteer firefighters. You must be 18 years old or older to apply. All training and equipment is paid for by the district. This is a great starter program to get into fire service and even a better way to get involved in your community. If you're interested in serving the community as a volunteer firefighter, please call Jim. That's Jim at 337-278-2468. Again, 337-278-2468. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, 37 minutes after the hour, let's welcome in my buddies, James Mesh back in the Evco Development Studios and George Becknell. George, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Jordy. How's it going? Oh, well, you know what? Um, I kind of like that baseball game last night. Um, Man. I, I said it all. I've, I've seen a lot of great ones. That's right up there as far as living up to the billing and living up to the hype and just Great pitching, an incredible defensive play, and a clutch hit at the end. I don't think you can ask for anything more. I don't. I don't think so either, Jordan. I mean, if, if you look at that game, that's probably the best pitching battle I've seen oh. in my life, college yeah. or major league ever. Right? You go into the you go to, into the uh, to the eleventh scoreless. I think they had a total of like five hits between them. You know, that's some great pitching. And then you got that LSU magic at the end, man. I don't I, people who are fans of other schools, I don't think they just can relate. Like there's just something about LSU baseball in June where where just amazing things happen, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at like like if you look at Trey Trey Morgan's play, what a play, um, what a stud, and to to come home, and man, like that 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 stuff is not supposed to happen, you know. And, and, we and we see all tip- these. 
you got to tip your hat to Jake Johnson because they put him out there in left field and he was terrific. But when yeah. it comes down to the nut cutting time, um, he, he'll put him at first base because he's too good. He is too good. Absolutely, man. He had a, a couple games ago, he had a stretch that was unreal and they had yeah. to review it and, and he got it. Like, I, I've never seen that much athleticism. Like, when I grew up, you know, you, you put the guy at first base who was just a power hitter who couldn't really do anything except catch the ball and, and you know, just, just, you know, just get out. But this guy is so athletic, such a stud, and his defense makes all the difference in the world. Because without that one play, we have a different conversation this morning. Uh, yeah, James, I, I'm not a an everyday baseball fan. I'm not. I, I got to admit, admit I, but I love postseason baseball. Uh, you know, and yeah, the fact that LSU's in there makes all the difference in the world to me. Um what what are your thoughts on what LSU's been able to do and 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 how they've turned what we all thought was going to be their weakness, their pitching staff has turned out to be their strength and their defense, which started off great and then kind of uh, now that's a strength. <laughs> uh, it's just how amazing how they flip this thing around. It is, and it I feel like with most SEC schools, since you have to go against most of them they're all going to make your pitching staffs look a lot worse than they actually are. So the fact that yeah. you're also going into a park where you don't see a lot of home runs, so you'll see them kind of stick in the air a lot more, for, and it gives the outfielders a better chance to get the outs, it's, it, it's helped for sure. But definitely with Trey Morgan stepping up, whether it's on defense, making those crazy catches at first base from Jordan Thompson and others, or the – ball flip to Alex Malazzo last night to save it, which was almost like a a trade blow for blow from what we saw from game one when he tried to get to home, but incredible play by the third baseman for Wake Forest. And yeah. then at certain points offensively, Trey Morgan has been the main guy because you've seen Tommy White. He was kind of cold at times. Dylan Cruz, you thought he would step up in this point in the ninth. And then in extra innings, it, he finally got a base hit and others, but Really, I think LSU as a whole, they finally stepped up and even with their backs against the walls, they were able to get it done and against a team that was apparently unbeatable. We don't know who's ever going to beat them, right? Yeah, that's right. According to Camden Minocci, uh, I've never seen a picture like Paul Skeens. I I've never seen <laughs> a, a picture so dominant that you know when he's there, you're not going to beat him. Um, he, He's just... He's big. He's strong. He is. He is precision, um, and I wouldn't count him out of pitching on a Monday. I know it's short rest, but I wouldn't count him out if they get to a Monday. And I wouldn't George, be surprised if it would, it would be think, up to four innings. Uh, he he's he has not pitched his last game uh, as an LSU Tiger. I don't know if he pitches Monday, but I know it's, it's two out of three against Florida. Right? He's gonna pitch right. the second game if he doesn't pitch. The first game, man, and, and and to your point, Jordan, I've never seen a pitcher like him either. Like like he has, he reminds me of Greg Maddock with like a Roger Clemens strength, you know, because he has the accuracy on those pitches. The balls move like I haven't seen before. But to your point, he's strong, so he can get that fastball up there. I, I, I've just never seen it, and and it's a luxury if you're Jay Johnson because when he's on the hill, you absolutely win. So. Florida is going to have to 
beat you twice with somebody else pitching. So it, it's, it's almost a guarantee you got one of those games. So if he can, I don't I, know. I don't know, man. It's you know he, he pitched on a Thursday. That gives you Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think he pitches Tuesday. That would be the four. No, it's over on Monday. It's it. It's Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So we shall see. I don't yeah. know if he'll start. I don't. I, maybe he gets you an inning or two, um, and throws a hundred and two miles an hour in those. So why not? You know what would be fun is to silence some of these midweek games and just okay, come come on in here, uh, X Y Z, and we're gonna give the ball to Skeens. Okay, see you later. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like it a lot. James Mesh, NBA draft last night. The Pels kind of talked with, um, who was it? Ali Cassell. I said, I hope they get Jordan Hawkins. I had no idea they were going to, but I like the kid. I like his outside shooting. I like how he moves with the ball, without the ball. I think he fills a void. What What are your thoughts on the Pels and Jordan Hawkins from the national champs of UConn? Yeah, I mean, really good shooter you saw him do that really well his sophomore year you feel like he's a good defender and hopefully that'll definitely help in time I just worry we've seen it with Trey Murphy we've seen it with Dyson Daniels are we going to see it with Hawkins as well where Coach Green he just really doesn't start the rookies or even give them much playing time because you didn't see it from Trey Murphy you didn't see him start blossoming until this last year when he actually started getting minutes. We barely yeah. saw Dyson Daniels last year. So it's like, are we going to have to wait till 2024 to actually start seeing Hawkins get some minutes? And we, I'm what I'm really curious about is the free agency. Like, who are you targeting? Because you don't necessarily have to go for a center right now since you still have Jonas. But you're going to have to find a center soon. And how much longer are you willing to have C.J. McCollum as your point guard? Like, don't you want to get an actual yeah. point guard? Yeah, you, that's the yeah, reason why you were going for Scoot Henderson and trying to get to the number absolutely. two overall pick. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree with you. George, chime in here on this. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, with, I'm with Clint in terms of a point guard. Look, I, I like Jordan Hawkins. I think he, I think the kid's a stud. I think he's going to come to New Orleans and contribute. But that point guard position to me is the gaping hole that yeah. that, 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 that is a need. So, you know, you got C.J. McCollum. I think C.J. McCullum is probably a better off guard than he's a point guard. Um, so I didn't think we needed an off guard, but I, I, I like the kid. I think he's a talent, um, but the, the Pelicans can't be done. They got to get aggressive in free agency. I don't know if you get rid of Jonas. I don't know if you get another center, but I, uh, the point guard position has to be addressed. So if I had to give him a grade on Jordan Hawkins, I'd give him a B because I think the yeah. kid's a stud. He just didn't address a need, in my opinion. I'm with you. I, I think Valanciunas is going to be moved. Um, I, I just think he's got too much money on the books coming up, and I think they want to go younger or more athletic uh, in that position and get somebody who can block shots or alter shots or affect shots at the rim. Jonas is a good um, good player, but he doesn't do that in, in any way, shape, right. or form. And I am absolutely dead set. I love um, – Jose Alvarado, but he can't come out yeah. there and give you 30, 40 minutes a night. Teams will feast on him. Uh, but as a Great. spurt player, he's terrific. They need they need a point guard in the worst of ways because McCollum's not a point guard. He's much better mm-hmm. working off screens and catching and shooting 
rather than setting things up and all. They need somebody to push the pace. So, I don't know, you know, are they going to give Kyra Lewis a chance to do something? I don't think so. Dyson so Daniels. They may have to make a trade. They may have to make a trade, James. Maybe make a trade. And I think with that, because you have so many guys young in the backcourt, that's the thing with Dyson, Jose, Trey, Herb. The older guys are in the front court with Jonas and and Larry Nance, who are still under yeah. contract. I'm thinking if you're going to want to go get a point guard, you trade one of the young backcourt guys as well as either Valanchunas or Nance to get some money off the books. That way you have a secure point guard. But then that would also bump probably Trey Murphy to be like coming off the bench. But with how often Zion gets hurt, it's like you would just move him to the starting right. lineup anyway. Right, right. Well, maybe Zion stays healthy and you well, you um you, you check his minutes. And if Murphy continues to develop, I, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't hesitate to see if I get something for Brandon Ingram. I'm just telling you, uh, I wouldn't hesitate on that deal. If you can get a guard for Brandon Ingram, a point guard. I'd do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. I think, you, I really I think you have to. You have to because if you look at the swingmen on this team, it it's too many. You know, you talk about Trey Murphy, you got Herb Jones, you got Brandon Ingram, you just drafted uh, Jordan Hawkins. Like, like why do – and uh, C.J. McCollum, in my opinion, is a swingman. So why do why do the Pelicans have this roster loaded of twos and threes? Like – like somebody has to go, and if you can get a franchise point guard for Brandon Ingram, like look, I love Brandon Ingram, I love his game, but Brandon Ingram will not be the best player on the championship team. Maybe a two if Zion ever decides to play consistently and and, and be good, but I, I just don't see it for Brandon Ingram. So yes, if you can get some value for him and get a good point guard, I do that deal too. Uh, James Mesh, you like Chris Paul going to Golden State? I found it really odd. I mean, at this point, you would just have him coming off the bench, which I think would be good for him since he would help lead the second unit and lead them to some good offense. I just, it's just weird looking at him in a Warriors uniform. Of course, he's been traded a gajillion times, so you kind of have to get used to him in every uniform almost. Or oh, doesn't that make things, though, um, as well as Curry and Klay Thompson move without the ball? Uh, you got Chris Paul pounding it and just looking and waiting for them to get open. Oh, man, I Ooh, control the offense, like yeah. It. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I kind of like it a lot. Uh, George, Draymond Green, does he stay with uh, Golden State? I hear Sacramento is going to make a big push for one Draymond Green. Well, well, Draymond, Draymond is out, I, I think. Uh, Draymond turned down a $27 million uh, player option, I think it is. He's not worth that. So – Golden State's not going to pay him that. I don't. I don't see him staying in Golden State. He might go somewhere, like you say. He might go to Sacramento. I think he wants to play with his buddy LeBron in L.A. But I, I don't. Oh. See, being that he turned down the option, I don't see him staying. And, and, and look, his production is going down. Uh, I don't think he has the same value that he had when he signed the contract. If I'm Golden State, I'm not 100 percent sure I want him either. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we get out of here, I guess we got to get a prediction. College World Series, James Mesh, who you got and in how many games? LSU in three. All right. Does uh does my boy Skeens get the ball one more time? Skeens gets it to start Monday night and he goes like four innings. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. We got LSU in three from James Mesh. George Becknell, what do you say? Yeah, Jordan, I, I give you LSU in three. Um, 
I think the national championship was last night. So I think LSU is definitely going to win it. Uh, and the only reason why I say three is because the pitching has been very, very good. I got to give them a game where it's not going to be the greatest, but I still think they're good enough to uh, to pull it out. So I give them LSU in three, and I want to see Skeens one more time. Okay. I'd love to see Skeens one more time. I have a feeling LSU's bats are going to come alive. They have been hibernating for the most part throughout the order of their lineup. Just got a feeling that they're about to bust loose. Give me LSU in three, bring home the national championship. Um, and and now the pressure's on Brian Kelly. You're next up. You got to win one, big fella, or you, you're going to be a failure in that organization. Hey, look, most of the people that uh, Wood is hired is coming home with daddies. But uh, I think LSU will make the playoffs for sure in football. You, you brought everybody back from a 10 win team. Yeah. Things, it's a good so time free. to be an LSU Tiger right now. Uh, George McNall, I don't know if you know the news, but we're switching over starting Monday to ESPN Radio, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. And our show moves now from one to three instead of two to four. So next Friday, we're going to go a little bit earlier. So I'm giving you a heads up early. You got it? That makes my life easier. I like it. Me too. I love it. I love it. George, have a great weekend. James, thank you so much. We're back to wrap things up with a, I'll give you a hint. During a timeout, the coach said, whatever you do, don't shoot it. Don't shoot it. And, of course, he did his birthday wish when we return after this final timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And some of our great partners, ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks. Cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon in Lafayette, in Baton Rouge, and in Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery. Oh, so many chances to win, but you can't win until you start playing and playing responsibly. By DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home with the best cheeseburger I've ever eaten. And by Cajun Chef. Do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, finishing touches to the week. This just in, three-star wide receiver Michael Turner has committed to LSU football, 6'1", 170. Uh, He's the number 37 wide receiver in the nation from the class of 2024. He attends John Curtis High School in New Orleans as the number nine recruit in the state. He had offers from Florida, Georgia, Arkansas, and Auburn, among others. All right, if today, June 23rd, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share yours with whatever you do, Jose, don't shoot the ball. Dale Brown saying that to Jose Vargas. Late game situation in a big-time tournament game. Should have taken Vargas out. Everybody knew they were going to throw to Vargas, and Vargas shot it, and he missed LSU lost. Jose Vargas, 60 years young today. Special thanks to all of our guests, Glenn West in Omaha, Anthony Renato, 
Christian Clark, George Faust, George Becknell, and my producer, James Mesh. Monday, 1 to 3. That's what we are from here on out. So hope everybody has a great weekend. Thanks for listening in. Until Monday, I'm Jordy Helpert. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. Up next, crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. So long, everybody.